This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Meg Tonkin. I'm a human-robot interaction researcher. I'm completing my PhD in social robotics at the Innovation and Enterprise Lab at University of Technology, Sydney. And I love online retail because of the flexibility it affords me in my uh, busy lifestyle that I have at the moment and just the ability to find the best price for things across multiple stores and have it delivered to my home. My name's Shane Lenton and I'm the CIO at Q Clothing. At Q Clothing, uh, I look after everything IT related as well as uh, the digital and CRM teams. Um, What I love about online retail is the opportunity that it creates, uh, the agility, the creativity and the constant change. Let's talk robots or more broadly, next generation tech. Are you prepared? As we move into an era of AI and bots, the interface between human and machine is critical to get right. While many are still figuring out which AI tools to apply and what level of robotics will work for some, They're leading the pack and seizing these technological opportunities now. And we're on location in front of a live audience at online retailer in Sydney, Australia. And coming up, you'll hear about the possibilities and the impact on organizations today that might be ahead as the alliance between human and machine grows stronger. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Shane and Meg, thank you both for being here. It's great to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. All right, we're here at the 11th edition of Online Retailer Conference and Expo, Australia's biggest industry event packed with the latest insights, trends, tech innovation, and retail solutions. Now, Shane, you're known as a powerful and highly innovative chief information officer. And right now for Q Clothing, a woman's apparel brand, you're in charge of IT and digital, both strategic and operational. Uh, I don't know if that covers the entire gamut of who you are, but it's at least a peek in. And uh, Meg, you are primarily focused on how social robots will change society. Okay, What do the two of you have in common with the next generation of technology and how it affects how retailers can grow and prosper? That's an interesting question. Yeah, good question. Uh, What I'd like to find out today, actually. So uh, I believe um, we both work with artificial intelligence and something... Yeah, I think, the, I mean, first and foremost, I suppose what we have in common is certainly an interest in the space and interest in technology and where the opportunities are um, to implement technology and, and make real change and difference. Uh, I think, you know, we had a brief discussion before we hopped up here and that's something that resonated quite well. Um, Meg and, you know, her team and the area she works, um, you know, they're leaders in this space um, and they're evolving and they're bringing these opportunities to market and then, me, you know, for coming from a retail perspective, it's about sort of bringing those two things together and understanding where the opportunity is to put the tech in 
for the right reasons, not just because it's, uh, you know, not just for the sake of it. And I think that's, uh, that's generally where you'll see the best outcomes. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I believe technology is it's one of those um, situations with AI and other technology like that where it's really vital to choose to pick and choose and work with kind of human-centred design principles to find out where the best application can be. Meg, why do we care about social robots? I mean, we're people, we're social. Why do we need robots to be social? Ah, right. Okay. Well, that's quite interesting. So um, what my, my view on this is, is the last 50 years we've been adapting ourselves to technology. So everybody learning how to type, use a keyboard and, you know, kind of bending over a laptop, bending over a mobile phone. And we've kind of forgotten how we interact as social beings, how we interact as uh, a human being and we're social animals. And so if we can have technology that can interact with us in that way as well, it's actually a lot easier for us. It makes a, a much more effortless experience for us to be able to interact in that way. And it should, if we kind of see the impact that mobile phones have had on society, we can kind of say, okay, how do we bring it back so that we're interacting with each other again? <laughs> how do we make it more human to human but assisted by machines. Shane, do you have a, an opinion on that as someone who would employ social robots, if you will? Um, yeah, definitely. I think, look, I think first and foremost, the challenge is when you introduce in some of these technologies to make it feel natural for the consumer. Uh, we are seeing consumer behaviour shift. We're seeing the immediacy, the want, the requirement for wanting things now, wanting a personalised experience, um, wanting to be able to get access to these things in real time. Uh, you know, this morning there was a, a panel uh, and the conversation was around contextual commerce. So it's about being able to do things in the moment. Um, and I think the, the socialising aspect of this to provide a natural experience, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's critical. Is there a danger, uh, and I'm not saying that there is, but... I imagine some people feel this. Could we lose the human touch by creating artificial intelligence that mimics human reactions too closely and people believe they're dealing with humans? Because we sometimes lead people to believe they're dealing with, you know, Bob or whoever, <laughs> you know, that's, that's answering our, our chat bot or whatever, right? But it's, it's not Bob at the moment. And... I might think it's Bob, especially if I'm an undereducated consumer as far as those types of things. And if the if it feels too familiar, if it feels too human, which is great, I guess, but it doesn't have the substance behind that to interact in a way that a human there's only there's limits, at least at this point, to how far artificial intelligence can go to anticipate the possibility of an answer. I mean we're still that's why we keep developing it. It's not at its ultimate perfection. My point is this. At what point is it too developed and we need to know there's a difference between artificial and human? Is, there that, is that important? I believe so, yes. Absolutely. I think everyone has the right to know whether they are dealing with a machine or a human. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that that machine can't use politeness and social niceties to fulfill the task that the person is asking for or the goal that the person has with that 
machine. And if it's a chatbot, for example, uh, yes, I agree, they're, they're not quite there. <laughs> it's very easy to tell after a few uh, interactions that it is a chatbot. But I also believe some of the best chatbots are the ones that say straight up that it is a chatbot and it can help you to, to such an extent before then it, um, before it then passes you on to a different channel to be um, looked after. What I think is that there's that point, I think people have heard of the uncanny valley where something's too human and becomes creepy. Uh, <laughs> you want to try and avoid that. Uh, and also that, that gets to the point as well of um, if you can understand so much about the intent and the purpose, if you understand too much about what something do, what something is intending, that feels a little bit too creepy as well, a bit too um, it, intruding into your personal space in a sense. So I'm not sure. Uh, do you guys yeah. use chatbots? Are you... uh, look, not currently, but it's something we are working on. So I'd probably, uh, you know, there's from my perspective, I think there's a lot of bad examples of live chat, as, you know, if we're talking about that, where it's not a chatbot. So I generally think that, you know, trained well enough and, and provided the right amount of data, I think in a lot of cases you'll actually get a better outcome with a chatbot. I think as for um, being, you know, where, where, the, where the lines cross and I suppose the, um, you know, I think legislation will come in. These things always take a little bit of time. I think um, as, as the market evolves, there will be legislation that will come in and, and there will be prerequisites up front to announce you know, yes, I am a chatbot as an example when we're talking about that. And I think, um, as Meg said, in a lot of the cases where some of the great, the better experiences are where the hand is put up at the start to say, hey, I'm a chatbot, uh, let me help you and fast track your, you know, your, your questions and, and point you in the right direction. So I think that point of demarcation is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that uh, the consistency and taking, you know, having something in there that can actually, you know, from a technology perspective, provide a consistent experience rather than um, thinking about has, you know, John or has, has Jenny that day had a great day, um, how are they feeling and potentially having that impact the interaction from the customer. Um, I think from that side of things uh, and also being able to inject the, you know, recommendations through whether it be a, a chat and being able to complete that purchase in the moment, um, being able to do that, you know, and turn that around in a really, really quick time frame, similar to live chat, waiting for a person to think about it and respond. Um, so I think, uh, I think, yeah, back to the question, I think it, there are some blurred lines there and as there's in advancements in, in technology, we need to keep that in check. And we need, I think the best approach sometimes is being up front. But again, I'm sure legislation will catch up soon enough. Um, and there, if it's not already in place, there'll be certainly some guidelines we need to follow. How are you looking at, if at all, uh, watching the behavior of an online consumer as they navigate your site and looking at perhaps the purchases they've made or the previous activity they've had and, and populating that information into the a chatbot or even uh, how the the online uh, environment behaves to them. So I'll give you a crazy example. So let's say that you know that lately they've been shopping for swimsuits and short pants and, and stuff like that. And c- would you anticipate 
the online experience itself and then the way that the chatbot responds to them or any other artificial intelligence that is you know, integrated into their experience, anticipating probably they're going on vacation, let's say, and that changing the way that things are in both their experience and the way that something is interacting with them, how, how would that come into play, particularly as we talk about uh, not just behind-the-scenes artificial intelligence, but AI that they're interacting with? Uh, look, I think, um, you know, f- a few years ago, five years ago for that matter, when we were looking at retargeting and things like that, um, there was an element of creepiness and there was some pushback from, you know, consumer groups and, and even individuals within business and consumers thinking... What do you um, mean by creepiness? You mean the, like, hey, I think you're going on vacation? Yeah, So, but I think, that, like, I, think, I think to start with that was there and I think now it's almost an expectation as a consumer. Okay. Um, you need to provide a personalized experience. Don't put things in front of me when I've provided a certain amount of data, when I've shopped from you before. It's almost... I'm time poor. I don't have the patience, um, and 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 we see that now. It's it's if you've interacted, you know, with a product on a site, and then you're in social media getting presented with, um, you know, talk about holidays and things like that, location-based information. Um, that's stitching together with the technologies already happening. And I think um, we've tipped past that point where that creepiness. I think now there's an expectation where um, consumers expect a really personalised experience based on their behaviour and they've come to expect it. And if you're not doing it, it's uh, almost like you're a bland retailer or a platform that doesn't know enough about me um, and I don't feel like it's a personal relationship we're having. There's always that point in time. um, I mean, today in Uber, I was, you know, clicked on Uber before I'd even typed... uh, the first, you know, within within uh, suggested locations, ICC was there. You know, so did I think it was a little bit creepy? A little <laughs> bit, but that's the reality of the world we live in, and it was convenient. Yeah. Um, creepy weird or creepy convenient is yeah. really the difference. And I right? think as, as these things evolve, I think we're getting less uh, precious about the creepiness and more enjoying the convenience, but there's always those boundaries and we've seen a lot of big cases and that will continue to happen where there has been overstepping the mark. I was going to say, and and that brings up a a really important topic I think you mentioned is I think it's um, very interesting. It's around your trust in that provider. So you you trust Uber and so when you see the the suggestion, it's like, okay, great. They're helping me. They're helping me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Meg, related to what Shane was talking about, can you talk a little bit about the research that you're involved with? I know that's a very broad question, but um, we'll all sit back and no. Uh, can, can you talk about the types of things that we may not anticipate you're looking at that may be involved with the next generation of the things that we're talking about here? So this okay. is... This is today 2.0. Yes, I see. All right. Well, one of the things that um, I first found when I started researching this area is that it's very hard to kind of guess what applications would work for a company and and how you can use research in different areas without kind of having a, a business or commercial focus to it. It's, it's very difficult. And so one of the um, areas that I've been specifically looking at is around methodology that assists with that. So we've been specifically looking at design thinking and lean UX 
and that combining that with human-robot interaction research to work out how do you discover those applications that will work at the right time and the right place for the customer. Can, can and we're, you, we're um, along that customer uh, journey. <laughs> unpack that a little bit. Yeah, okay. Go yep. Talk, what does that mean? Right, okay. So um, we specifically use human-centered design techniques, uh, so design thinking, uh, which means empathizing with the customer, finding mm-hmm. out, um, observing from... Uh, their shoes, as it were, and working out where along the customer journey that there's a need or a want or, and there's an opportunity that uh, perhaps there's something that's not being filled and uh, working out how we can use different technology then to meet that need and then what we can also know from our knowledge of how people interact with robots is there is there a different way that this part of the customer journey can be undertaken and, and then trialing those things. And one of the things we've been doing with the research is working with actual companies to try things in the real world. A lot of research is done in laboratories and so it's very much, um, as you might have mentioned before, contextual commerce is very much contextual. So people really kind of will act one way in one situation, but then when they're somewhere else, they act a completely different way with how they interact with the technology. So it's it's really important to get that kind of research happening out in the field and with people who uh, are actually going to be using that technology for a genuine purpose as well. So a lot of my research is actually around doing that. So and using uh, sorry, utilizing the the kind of as much cutting edge research as possible in the computer vision and um, machine learning area. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to know what it's a, it's hard to guess from an outside view what the problems are without kind of dealing directly. So, and I think from my perspective, it's also hard to articulate a problem uh, the technology could solve without understanding a little bit about the technology. So it's probably a good marriage of those two coming together. Um, you know, from a I suppose from a retail side of things, understanding uh, what the tech's capable of. And then understanding where the opportunity is and thinking, okay, well, you know what, that could actually work here. And what I've heard in the past through some of these conversations is, uh, um, you know, some of the the people who are bringing this technology to the market or have developed the technology, until they have the conversation uh, in the real world, haven't realised all these other opportunities that the technology brings. And it is, I think, from my perspective, you know, the, the collaboration between the two, the businesses, uh, you know, who have the pro- problems and the things that they or the opportunities as well. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's important for them to understand the technology as well um, so that the two can come together. All right, up next, uh, you'll hear uh, how Q Clothing, uh, thanks to Shane, uh, is, uh, is looking ahead at trying to make things a little bit more innovative than they already are, looking ahead at tomorrow's consumer and being ready for their expectations and Meg will share how some of the research she's doing can make that possible right up to this entrepreneurista a woman who organizes and operates a business taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so one who has a drive passion and vision with an undying determination to succeed she is fiercely motivated ambitious and competitive forging her own path to independence and success that's an entrepreneurista
Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures, reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entrepreneurista podcast presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurstopodcast.com. All right, so uh, Shane, Q Clothing. Tell us about right now as in your position of chief information officer, what kind of things are you looking at that the company has on its radar? Gosh, we need to do this better uh, from, from a, a technology standpoint. Uh, or this is where we need to be in one year, five years. So we're starting to you know, aim our, our guns in that direction and, and put our ear to the ground about where, where solutions are out there, what is possible so we can start putting the things in place that will make integrating those things doable. Uh, because I know it's more than just the technology, it's infrastructure and in some cases it can be personnel and it can be, you know, coding in the back room of, of the website and, and so many things. So what's on your radar? What are you guys thinking about that maybe Meg's la- working on in the lab? Yeah, definitely. So look, firstly, I'd say before we even get too excited about the technology, one thing that we have done uh, really well in the last, particularly last three to four years is get, uh, get our house in order, get our technology in the right space, make sure we're on the right platforms, make sure we've got the right people. Um, just basic things like single view of customers, single view of inventory across all of our channels and having access to that in real time. Uh, with those foundations, then we can you know, have fun with that. Then we can look at the technology around the personalization, the machine learning, the recommendations. So, and that's something we've done quite well. And now we're you know, working with some of our key partners from a marketing automation perspective, from a growth marketing opportunity, from an on-site recommendation, um, personalization of content across every touch point, um, automating a lot of those campaigns and programs. So that's something we've been working on. And, um, you know, it's, it, even for us, uh, you know, for the next few years, I'm really excited about, you know, further opportunities that we'll create. Uh, beyond that, I think we're always looking at consume behavior um, and I talk about the immediacy and you know it's people being able to get access to the information they want or the you know Netflix watch the show they want to want watch the show they want to watch when they want to watch it um, and similar to us you know we're focused on drilling down on the touch points where we're engaging with customers and now with this new world of um, you know uh, smart speakers and the evolution of some of these um, messenger apps where you can have a real conversation, uh, engagement, recommend products and have the customer transact in the moment, that contextual commerce or the conversational um, commerce piece, um, that across various platforms. I think it's no longer you know, a bricks and mortar um, business or a multi-channel business 
Uh, we now have the customers have so many so many touch points. The market's continually getting disrupted by different platforms, whether it be within social, whether it be marketplaces. So for us, our focus is understanding those consumer trends um, and that change in consumer behaviour, and trying to make sure that we're you know at least fast followers and we're not being left behind. Because at the end of the day, if um, you know, customers have so many choices out there, and if you're not playing in these spaces and playing well. Um, they're going to choose someone else. So, and that's where the, you know, that's really where the technology comes into it. Understanding, um, you know, we can't always resource these things. Understanding where the technology can deliver an experience, and you know, in, in some situations, you know, automate a lot of these processes uh, with the machine learning, the AI. I mean, the, the AR is another thing, and VR are two other things that we're, you know, constantly looking at and understanding where we can provide real solutions using that technology to drive a better outcome for the customer and ultimately for the business as well. You know, one thing I'm, I'm, you're making me think of for some reason is, you know, there's been a lot of activity out there about being able to synthesize voices that sound so and respond so similarly to the real person. And we're just at the beginning of that. And, and the same thing with be able to synthesize visuals of a person, use photographs and so forth. So how, if at all, are you thinking about the opportunity as creepy as that can be and dangerous in some cases, the opportunity, let's say Kylie Jenner for her brand could have on the online site a chat bot that is Kylie Jenner responding to you directly as the chat bot taking what it's saying and putting it in Kylie's voice with Kylie's animated image doing it. I mean, if you think about it, that's not implausible to, to look ahead and see where that, that could be a place that we go, especially with brands that have a spokesperson or a celebrity attached or a designer or whatever. So thinking about that, where are you thinking in terms of what the possibilities are, Meg. Uh, how far ahead are you thinking, gosh, if we could get here, if you think it, it can be, you know, if you imagine it, you can build it. Where are you imagining? What are you aiming for with your research? Right. Okay, so... Uh, and it doesn't have to be Kylie Jenner. Oh, right? good. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, um, there's, a, there's something called uh, yeah, a deep learning which uses deep fakes to create people's exactly. imagery and everything like that. But I think actually there's more opportunity in other areas, more opportunities in kind of making that very much a personalised experience and understanding how people want to live their lives and then making that effortless for them to do so. And so one of um, the, the, the close kind of uh, closes in the next year or two, I think, is very much those uh, conversational assistants. So you think of like your Google Home or your Alexa and using those tools to make digital purchases, to make um, not just digital purchases, but also to have them assist you to make um, decisions about things. So at the moment, I mean, if I say um, I'd like uh, Google to send me a reminder when a store that I'm interested in has a sale, I can't do it. Why not? <laughs> you know, there's, there's lots of little things like that where it's kind of mm -hmm. customers can kind of make their own choices about how they interact and it's kind of companies can 
help them do they're that kind of as well. Conjuring, but, they're conjuring the interaction. Yeah, so it's kind of building up the interaction. And you mentioned previously also virtual reality and AR. I mean, there's a big uh, opportunity there as well for sure. AR to be used in that kind of retail space as well so that as more homes get those um, get your glasses so that you can see things you can um, interact with other people you can interact with virtual store assistants within that space as well I think um, and and just to that point on AR I mean uh, iPhones now natively support AR Um, just as an example I mean it's been made it's these things are no longer sort of, you know, pie-in-the-sky type things. Sure. There's, um, you know, there's natively a toolkit that can be used um, not only for apps but also, um, you know, there's a native file format that's supported for AR, yeah. particularly being able to drop things, um, you know, furniture in, in um, talk about cars and sure. being able to drop these things into situations um, across so many categories and so many opportunities there. Um and it, it's now, it, it's actually a real, reality now and it's not, some of these things aren't cost yeah. prohibitive like they had been in the past. It's, it doesn't seem like it's about what's possible, it's now about what's next. And to that yeah. point, the, you know, asking Google Home, um, is there going to be a sale on soon at a particular brand? I was at a panel earlier today and, um, and the presenter was talking about their business specialises in bridging those gaps. So um, it, Google has the capability to answer some of those questions by making sure that the right information service uh, via the right APIs to sort of bridge that and, and stitch that together. Um, whilst the ROI is not currently there for that, it's just a matter of time as you know, these things become second nature. I mean, we don't have the adoption certainly don't have the adoption on the smart speakers that the US have. But over time, there's certain things uh, in Australia that happen really quickly and there's others that take a little while. And then when they do get momentum, they happen again very quickly. So I think, uh, yeah, the, the technology's there. It's a matter of prioritising the right technology, um, you know, to, to fix the right solution or fix the right problem or, right. or to execute the right opportunity. Great. All right. Uh, before I come to you for any final reflections... Uh, to get a little bit more on the human side, uh, since we're humans, not robots, um, I, I'd like to ask you, you know, really a lot of what we're talking about isn't just about allowing a company to function better or to make more money. I mean, ultimately, that's the goal in many cases. But it's also the experience that people are having, their experience getting information, their experience with the transaction, their experience of the environment they're in and so forth. So I'd like to talk to you about experience. And for each of you, I'd love for you to reflect, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'd love for you to reflect a great customer experience that you remember having at any point in your life that just still sits with you now and why it was a great customer experience. Is there anything that comes before bad <laughs> Isn't it terrible? Experience? I was going to say, bad. <laughs> instantly I can think of great. terrible customer share, experiences share I've had. Why, why? And it's, it's actually a little bit more difficult to think of the great customer experiences but well, I, yeah, then we've got I think, our work to do then, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but I think also those great customer experiences have been where there has been a human involved. So somebody has actually taken care to do something specially for you beyond what they were required to do. And I think that's, that's kind of made it special where they've, they've understood what it is you've needed and assisted you with that 
more than they had to, I guess, in a sense. So what would be an example been... of that for you that you remember? Anything come to mind? Uh, on a holiday experience and, uh, you know, um, not understanding how to book something and then people go out of their way to help you and mm -hmm. um, provide assistance where they didn't have to. Yeah. So, yeah, and, yeah, and being able to book different um, experiences, as it were. <laughs> so, I, I understand yeah. that. Uh, in, in my hotel last night, they called me and asked if I needed anything, and they said, would you like more water, you know, compliments? Mm -hmm. I said, sure. They said, how many would you like? I oh, never great. would have expected that question. I didn't know I could get as – and I was like, how many can you bring? Yeah. So, and it was nice, and then they came mm -hmm. up and did a nice job with it. So that little touch – makes me think about that hotel just from that stupid water you know so uh, what about you shane anything um, good or bad look, look i think um i think i'd have to jump on the travel side of things as well and if we talk about the human element um i've recently booked a trip to the states and via websites um you know i wasn't able or even direct on the um on the airlines website i wasn't able to book um the flights we wanted with the stopovers and having that flexibility um, in the way we wanted to structure that and um, picking up the phone, yes. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, calling in, um, calling the, the hotline, I suppose, and uh, the call centre. Um, being offered the option up front of, you know, we've got, a, we've got a wait time of 15, 20 minutes. Leave your details, specify a time that's convenient for you and we'll get someone to call you back. Um, so that was the first part of a great experience. And then dealing with a real person, going through the process, um, providing the flexibility, getting the right deal that we wanted. Um, the fact that they knew enough about me and my preferences was, uh, was great. It made the whole process quite easy. Creepy good. Yeah, creepy good. So um, that for me was end-to-end, was -end, a really, really good experience. Great. All right, in... Uh, in very brief uh, sort of thumbnail sketch. Uh, Meg, do you want to share any last thoughts or reflections on this conversation or just about, you know, human, human social robots and oh, AI? Um, and what, what, very what? quickly, I'm really looking forward to the next four or five years. Um, in the States, they're looking at uh, robot delivery of packages. Yeah. So actual physical robots doing that kind of last step to the door of delivering packages and then kind of what does that open up next like where do we go from there and yeah i'm very excited about your, technology so yeah wow your friendly neighborhood robot you'll get to know them <laughs> they'll get to know you right yeah that, that'll be strange right bob the yep. robot yep um shane any last um, reflections yeah look i think um i think what what i'm seeing come to fruition is um i mean everyone was forecasting uh, you know, the growth in, in employment and opportunities would be around services. And what we're seeing now with the gig economy and a lot of technology um, really driving that, um, I think that's an area that, um, you know, is, is growing. And um, I think there's some exciting times there. I'm seeing people who ordinarily, uh, you know, may, may have been out of work or may have you know, not chosen that particular path. I'm seeing some opportunities in a good sense. I know there's both sides of it. Um, and then really just, I mean, that um, I'm really interested to see how that contextual commerce bit piece continues to evolve, mm -hmm. um, you know, those transactions in the moment. And I think one of the challenges out there or one of the big um, 
yeah, one of the big concerns or challenges out there is for brands and how they stay relevant um, in the sense that some of these, you know, touch points and these experiences and um, these things are happening, you know, external to them, not on their platforms. So I'm really excited about the, you know, the challenge of uh, working through that process and and finding the opportunities to keep that brand experience and um, provide that great service for the customer. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see how that, that unfolds. Great. And how can people connect with you, Shane, uh, either directly or through Q? Um, yeah, probably the best way is via LinkedIn. Okay. So if you just look up Shane Lenton uh, on LinkedIn, um, yeah, that's probably the best way to connect. Great. Thank you. And how about you, Meg? At LinkedIn also. Okay. So uh, Shane Lenton, the CIO for Q Clothing, and Meg Tonkin, human robot interaction researcher. I wish I got to say that every day, Meg. I really <laughs> do. Uh, thank you so much for joining here at Online Retailer in Sydney, Australia. It was a, it was a privilege to talk about such a cool uh, topic with you. So thanks. Thank you, Matt. And uh, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.